everyone it's me again I'm walking I would say I'm walking the dogs but I'm only walking Gus today because honey seems to have done something to her paw so I'm giving her a day off and she's having a lovely snooze at home so I'm out on a slightly more windy day so hopefully you'll be able to hear this okay without what feels like a storm brewing desecrating the microphone (laughs) as I go around so it's not the sunniest of days it's very cloudy there's sort of drizzle of rain in the air it's Monday the 13th of January and I'm just sort of slightly wandering uphill just in case you can hear me out of breath I'm just very unfit but also I'm finding that you know grief in itself is absolutely exhausting so I wanted to talk this time about a few things there is obviously the ongoing uh, looking into Lyme disease and the effects of that that I've been doing after Christmas and New Year certainly it's become very apparent that the girls although they're doing well as well as can be expected I guess I've had a lot of conversations with Rose my youngest Ella is opening up a little bit more I can mention Ben now and I don't sort of get shut down in conversation and that's been sort of difficult I think for the pair of us but Ella is now a bit more happy to discuss things slowly and surely it's not it's not going to be anything that is quick and overnight changing but certainly uh, it's a start and with Rose Rose and Ben have always been I mean they've all always been close but I think Rose has always been close in the sense of she and Ben would say to me independently that they felt like they were twins even though they'd been born at you know nearly two years apart they found a lot of things in common um they would jibe each other and muck about and everything but Ben would always protect both his sisters in his own way as much as possible and he would always bicker with them but there would always be that real bond between all three of them Rose Rose and Ben would spend a reasonable amount of time whether it was in hospital and we were going along or the children the girls would arrive and I would already be there and Rose took it upon herself right at the beginning when uh, Ben had first been diagnosed she just wanted to make him happy and they spent a lot of time uh, playing chatting laughing giggling they would play online games obviously a lot and I think over recent months when Ben was home that was really lovely to see and it was wonderful to see Rose and him enjoy each other's company and giggle a lot (laughs) and moan at each other a lot but that's what brothers and sisters do I think in the last few weeks it's been very apparent that I mean we're home educating and we're grieving so those two huge fundamental situations in our lives as a family have compounded uh, together to create some days and very low times and as I've said before it's not the home ed it's just that when you're grieving you don't always want to see people or do anything or be anywhere and that can be difficult for anybody 
let alone somebody who's 10 and who's just trying to grapple with the fact that a huge part of their lives, a huge person in their lives, a huge personality is no longer there to rely on. It's interesting with sort of going through this journey, you, it's, it's made me much more aware now, especially following uh, Ben leaving us. It's made me extremely aware of what the girls have been through and what they go through on a daily basis. If we find this hard, if you can just imagine the sort of upset and confusion, all the emotions that children go through when perhaps they're not even at an age where they can understand those emotions fully. And, you know, here we are as adults. You know, I went to a bereavement group the other day and some of those parents in that bereavement group are finding things extremely difficult. And I think back to the children who are still trying to get through and live their lives as normally as possible. And it just, it doesn't seem fair, it doesn't seem right. And trying to, you know, come to terms with your own grief while parenting a child who's gone and parenting children who are still here is extremely complex. And you have to find strength from somewhere to be strong for them. Because I've had conversations with Rose where... You know, we've had moments of where she's absolutely okay, or I think she's okay, and then it only takes one turn of the conversation to bring her to the realisation that Ben's not here, and it's another sort of strike in the heart for her, and she is extremely sad again. And, you know, the other day we were sat, and she was sat on my lap having a good cry, and it was because I'd asked her to do... A couple of pages of maths or something what I thought was quite simple and I was trying to read her emotions and how she was doing and I thought she was doing okay at that particular moment but she wasn't so it's, it's very easy to put your children under pressure with you know things to do for homework or things to be researching but actually if they're in a situation where they are grieving as parents know some days you just don't want to get out of bed and you don't want to be a part of everything that's around you all you want to do is just stop the world get off the roundabout you know close down go somewhere else get on a plane and not have to face up to or deal with the tidal wave of emotions that come at you out of nowhere and for Rose I just you know it is very much day by day you know if we get to do some work that's great we have a couple of tutors she sees and that's fabulous if she gets her maths and English done that's wonderful she's definitely a creative soul so fundamentally if she stays being creative and that's her outlet then that's amazing and I'm extremely proud of her and Ella for all they're trying to do while dealing with some very very difficult circumstances without their brother present. I've been thinking a lot about sibling grief and I'm hoping at some point to be able to do to have a chat with another parent who has already 
I've spoken up about the fact that she might like to come along and have a chat with me about sibling grief, uh, which would be wonderful. And if she's listening to this now, no, no pressure, no rush, but it would be lovely to discuss this topic at greater length because although there, are, there may be many generalisations of how people experience it and sibling grief, it's also down to the individual as any situation is and it's not easy. Of course there are some groups available and we have been offered to go to a group that isn't actually that regular, it's not actually almost on often enough and that's at our local hospice at Naomi House but at the time of those situations and those groups being offered it was just before Christmas and it was around Christmas and coming up to New Year's Eve and you know with Rose, Rose had thought about it and thought she might quite like to go but when the moment came she was against it because uh, you know apprehension, nerves, anxiety, upset you know to know that you are going to meet with other children who will have lost somebody in their lives uh, all different ages might be comforting for some and some days it is really comforting to know that there's other people that are going through and have gone through the same situation but you know not knowing how you're going to react or how you're going to feel is a bit of a minefield and my eldest Ella has said to me that you know at the moment she doesn't feel like connecting with other uh, children and teenagers who have gone through this experience because it's hard and she's struggling so she you know she doesn't want to surround herself in sadness I think that's what she's anticipating and it doesn't have to be very sad all the time you know you can talk about funny memories but I think all of that takes time and I have to remind myself that we're only just over 22 weeks into all of this and some days I don't I, I don't know how I'm managing I don't know how I'm putting one foot in front of the other and then I think to myself well actually I know Ben would be saying to me come on you know you can't dwell but you do you do you wish for things to be different all the time you know the one thing that I really miss really really miss in fact there's two things that I really really miss and one of them is cuddles with my boy just the 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 shape of him just putting my arms around him knowing his height knowing where his head would be and how I would be just you know running my hands through his hair and and just kissing him on his forehead or kissing him on his on his cheeks and him you know brushing that off and telling me to go away after about three seconds <laughs> it's just that physicality that I miss very much I miss him coming up behind me and just putting his hands on my shoulders and and giving me a little shoulder rub you know which he would do or he would rest his chin and he'd really dig his chin into my shoulder and it would hurt but he would do it and it was just something that he did and then there's his laugh his giggle you know before he was poorly we would always have those tickle fights uh, just tickle times before bed and I miss that laugh I miss I miss his giggle I miss his sarcasm and his wit 
I miss that quick quick witted monkey and I miss his mischief and and his sharp sense of humour and I, I miss that so so much you know that's hard and it's just the simple things just to be able to be walking with him right now and just discussing life discussing uh, you know films whatever it was that he was interested in in that moment hearing his voice the undulation in the tones that he was speaking I really really miss all of that so so much so I try and spend quality time with the girls you know Ella doesn't always want to spend quality time she has her riding she has her friends uh, she has her online study she's busy <laughs> or she's singing with her door shut you know but sometimes she'll come and find me and we'll have a little chat usually to persuade me to to do something or buy something but we have those little conversations which are lovely and I've really noticed her uh, warming again to me and I think uh, that is a lot of her being present in her own grief and you know certainly last year and the year before actually when Ben was diagnosed um, Ella definitely put me at arm's length when I was spending time with Ben in hospital and that was an interesting sort of six months of trying to uh, find moments where we could discuss without perhaps her being tetchy or me being tetchy or us both being under duress. I think sometimes grief tends to sort of uh, put a cloud <laughs> over quite a lot of things and now as a family at the moment I do feel a sense of that we are close we are definitely a close-knit family and we will remain so but things have changed for sure grief tends to rock your very very foundation on a an individual level as much as it does on a family level and a friendship level you know I've lost friends over this one in particular and uh, and you know it's nobody's fault it's just it's just the way things seem to have you know worked out I don't I don't understand why these things happen I don't know whether it is perhaps you know people can't handle it they don't know what to say they don't know how to be around you and sometimes you know it is easier you know when you're grieving it's easier to step away because you don't want any additional drama you just want to be some days invisible or just surrounded by people who at least are trying to get it and just want to be there um, I'm so lucky in that I have some very close friends of mine I don't see them that often um, they know who they are and you realize that's pretty much all you need you don't need a million friends but it's lovely to have a, a network <laughs> to lean on um, and I still have friendships with some of the families that have been through and are still going through uh, this journey of cancer and that's hard on a different level because you I don't well I don't want anybody 
having to go through this and it still breaks my heart that there are families still having to endure this journey at all it's it's tough but I can honestly say you know on the other side of it not having a child after this journey is horrendous absolutely horrendous and to go through that journey with every ounce of hope because you 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 kind of have to find moments of positivity and you have to go into it with strength of character because it is when somebody says to you character building right and they're talking about work or something else or some situation in life that's character building it's probably not character building <laughs> but when you're going through uh a cancer journey it is the understatement of the year um, it changes you as a person it changes your outlook it changes every breath that you take on this earth you you know I've always been a person who feels like I'm a kind person I feel like I have always been uh, drawn to helping people or to helping animals or looking after people or looking out for people and you know now my desire to look after people has just sort of gone all over the place and through the roof and it's not a sense of responsibility but it's it's a sense of realizing and fully understanding fully understanding the the depth and the reality of what actually matters in life and that is something that cancer as awful and horrendous as it is and scary and god it rips you apart but somewhere in there it changes you and this is really difficult to put into words but on a good day it changes you to become more aware more self-aware more aware of your family of what matters of kindness of the planet of children of all that you want to be all that you want to experience it makes you pull your family so bloody tight together because you don't want to lose anybody you know and then you have these days where you know if somebody says to cancer to me i i choose my words so carefully i could say i really hate cancer i could tell it to go somewhere else but I can't because it's landed you know it creeps up on you you're not looking and there it is and it is this big monster if that's what you want to make it into or you can say okay this has happened and this is horrendous for us it's the worst case scenario that we weren't expecting we always thought Ben was going to survive and I had no doubt in my mind until probably the last six months where I started to worry uh, that perhaps his path was slightly different and um, you know on a bad day I feel like cancer has uh, taken my heart completely just removed it but I don't want to be that person
I don't want to let something like cancer, how dare it, I don't want it to let me become somebody that I'm not. I don't want to be this hardened, broken person that some days I feel like. And some days when I read other people's experiences, I think, blimey, you know, even in our situation, we got off lightly. But some days I can't, I can't read, I can't hear about other people's experiences because it's just too much. It's too much to cope with. Wow, I'm standing in the middle of, uh, I'm standing by the bench. There's a, a bench that I have talked about that overlooks a ploughed field. And I'm standing in a real moment of storm. <laughs> I don't think there could be a moment of storm, but there's a, there is a definite feeling that there is a storm brewing. And it's one of those days where if you wear glasses like I do, these little tiny droplets of water of rain are trying desperately to really shower down and it's landing on my glasses and I can't see, can't see very much but what I can see are all these poor bulls in a field that have got no shelter and my darling Ella keeps telling me that that's what they're they're okay with that but you know me being me I just want to put them all in a shelter and keep them warm and they've got food out and everything. Some of them are laying down because it's about to pour with rain and apparently that's what they do. And others are all huddled together and there's one there's one on its own who's probably thinking, oh damn it, I should have stayed with the crowd. But you go and stand out there and be unique. That's it. You let yourself shine, sunshine. So I'm standing in this I don't even know if when I listen to this recording if I'm actually going to be able to hear myself or you're even <laughs> half of what I'm talking about and maybe I'll just be shouting into the microphone and it'll all be completely distorted. However, talking about cancer today for me, and it's not the case for everybody, uh, but I do not want it to be something that I am defined by and as I say that I feel really proud of my son because he said he was he wasn't like me but he is so like me and I'm so like him and when he said I will not be defined by cancer I am determined to follow his lead and not be defined by this brutal disease that just seems to charge in from nowhere some days and hit people when they're least expecting it and if I could surround everybody in the biggest ball of angelic light right now I would do it and I would protect you all but I'm just one tiny person and some days I feel very insignificant but I really hope that anything I ramble on about in these situations, I hope somewhere it can help you to know that you're not on your own. It can be really, really lonely. I'm standing up here with the wind whistling and the trees are making this beautiful shushing sound that I absolutely love up here. It's actually very peaceful, but it also feels very wild. And 
you know, I hope that what I say, you understand it's coming from the heart. Nowhere else, just straight from the heart, from me to you, whoever's listening. If you've got this far, well done. (laughs) Fantastic. (laughs) I hope in your days, whether you are still going through cancer or whether you are bereaved in any way, I hope... I, c- I hope w- my words in some way can stand as a, as a miniature beacon of light to say that there is still light and there is still hope. I think even in this horrendous situation that so many of us unfortunately find ourselves in, you, you know, not every day, because it's not always possible every day to sort of leap out of bed and think woohoo another day you don't feel like that when you're grieving it's very difficult to get out of bed in the morning most days but I think that there is there has to be in order to keep going a light somewhere to say that at some point there will be moments of calm and there will be moments of joy when you can live still with your heart fully open fully broken and fully full (laughs) all at the same time knowing that you still carry this person with you it sounds really strange to say you carry them in your heart and I wasn't sure how that was going to work with me and Ben and in this situation because so many people say oh you know they find ways to try and make it easier but it isn't easy (laughs) I think for me I do carry Ben with me but I almost feel he walks with me on my right side a lot of the time I feel like even as I stand here now I feel like he's standing with me and he's probably impatient telling me to get walking again because it's boring um But I know that even if I have these momentary fears where I worry about him, where I worry about the girls, where I worry about how we'll all feel in 5, 10, 15, 20 years' time, I worry about forgetting Ben. I won't ever forget Ben. But I really know that in my heart somewhere that I I will never forget my son. He will always be with me. And I hope that anybody that is listening to this can understand where I'm coming from and I'm so sorry if I'm also bellowing this into the microphone because the wind is is so uh, constant at the moment and the rain is uh, is definitely doing its best to uh, muck up my vision. <laughs> One thing I will say about this lovely delightful walk whew, is that there is nothing like being out in the elements when you are feeling low actually because just being in nature and uh, you know even in the worst of days and I'm currently walking across a ploughed field thankfully without the bulls in and uh, I have Gus on the lead I'm heading to the village shop Uh, to send some things off in the post and uh, the wind has literally buffeted uh, momentarily 
any feelings of sort of a depressed nature or feeling isolated or sad I just feel invigorated I'm blessed to be outside and I'm sure had Ben not been poorly and I'm sure if he hadn't got Lyme disease and then leukemia afterwards I think he quite possibly would be quite an outdoorsy type but a push um, and you know he always loved being in the snow actually whenever it was snow he found that great fun and I think just being out in the elements and being in nature oh it's there's something so special about it and I'm looking at the rain which basically is well covering my glasses for one but as I try and look through my glasses the view is trees and you could probably hear cars in the background on the 272 but I can see the trees and ploughed fields and, you know, farmland as far as the eye can see at the moment. And there's this sort of grey, heavy cloud and this very light, drizzly rain. But I can see it being sort of buffeted along in the air by the breeze. And it looks like mist across this sort of landscape. And it's really quite lovely if you could say it's lovely on the, on a very miserable looking day i appreciate it anyway even if it's quite cool thankfully it's not as as bitter and cold as it as it could be in a day in january so i will uh, continue this shortly um but for the moment if you're having the best day you can be having um under the circumstances uh, whatever circumstances you are currently in and I send my love to you and um, and I hope a little bit of light it's now Tuesday the 14th and it's a, I want to say it's a bit of a calmer day it's definitely rained overnight it's been really really windy and I'm wandering in my usual place of the woodlands and this time I've got two dogs because Annie's paw seems a little better so I thought I'd let her out for a little little jog around the woods and she seems to be okay at the moment so that's all good news. So we were talking about sibling grief um, yesterday, which is today obviously when you're listening to it, <laughs> and the, the sorts of things that you could perhaps do or that you know that we've tried um obviously there's talk therapy um and groups but i don't think there are enough of those regularly enough and i think that also depends on how the child is feeling on the day at the time obviously we, we don't go to a mainstream school at the moment so you know there aren't a massive group of friends around there are for Ella but not so much for Rose at the moment Um, but she seems to be okay with that and you know I'm sure there'll be lots of people that would say well of course she isn't Uh, we do have friends but um, I'm monitoring exactly how uh, happy she is to chat to them so today we have the Rainbow Trust coming over they're coming over for a couple of hours I say they, I mean this lovely young lady that we see is coming over and she's fabulous actually, she's very gentle and she manages to sometimes coax things out of Rose that perhaps I might not 
and we're getting there very slowly um, she's offered to take her out for a walk today so we'll see how that goes um, I expect it might involve staying indoors and playing a game or something or creating something, drawing something and we'll see how we are. Gus, just a moment, sorry, I've seen some dogs and uh, I'm just going to retrieve mine. <laughs> so I think that it will involve chatting and playing what I find with Rose actually is that she gravitates and she always has done anyway she is an artist so she gravitates towards anything arty anything creative anything she can make or build and she has told me that that helps to distract her mind and I think for a 10 year old to be able to say that quite you know concisely and clearly especially in this situation I think is really a really good positive sign that uh, those emotions are being talked about slowly but surely and it is difficult and things change day by day I am keeping a very very close eye on the girls it's harder with Ella I think sometimes she's older she's at that that age at that teenagerhood um, time where you know it's sort of hormones are everywhere her thoughts and her independent thinking is changing her desire to get out and explore and do things her own way and so you know if I want to talk or I want to try and chat to her about Benny um, it doesn't always work Um, a lot of the time I think she needs to come to me and that might be something with your own children that you need to wait a certain amount of time before they're ready to actually try and put things into words I think some days I wouldn't say there's a lot of anger but there's a lot of upset at the moment you know Ella would probably bicker with Ben a bit more but I think that is you know that's older sibling but also she has this real nurturing ability with uh, with both of her siblings actually with Benny she uh, there were some really lovely moments actually when I look back and I think about Benny was at home and it's just that it's the tiny things actually that you really notice that become the huge things and he couldn't get his feet in his shoes and she went into his room he was sat on the bed and we were just going I think we were going out for a walk or even if it was just to get in the car to go to hospital for a checkup. and she said I'll do it mum and uh, very calmly just went in and uh, tied his shoes and popped his feet in his shoes and um, and that was a really touching moment because of course she loves her brother you know and that doesn't change and it hasn't changed um, and and that's what's hard is loving somebody so much that isn't present physically I think the main important thing to say here is and as hard as it is for you because you've got your own grief to deal with is actually just being there for the children and being as strong as you can manage on any given day and it isn't easy um, but if there's anything I could offer and it's I know it's hard because I'm living it every day and some days you just don't feel like getting up getting out of bed and other days 
you just go into your routine, you know, I go into Ben's room, I have a little chat, I kiss the pillow, I, I blow a kiss to him, and uh, up on the shelf, which is just the strangest thing, and I kiss his photos, and uh, I just ask him to be with me at some point, as and when he can. And sometimes I talk about the sky and what I can see outside his window. Sometimes I tell him what I've been talking about with James. And then I think to myself, well, he would have heard it anyway. <laughs> so I tend to keep it reasonably short unless I, unless I just need to sit in there quietly. And then I get on with the day and... You know, I don't, I don't spend probably enough time in Ben's room. I think I'd probably like to write in there, and I and I talked about setting his room up as a as a writing space, and I will do. But there's a lot of things in there at the moment that that do need tackling, but I'm not ready to to do that yet, as I'm sure many of you will understand. Um, and you know, and then you know, there's there's the the day to day you know running of the house as the day-to-day getting the children educated or doing something you know positive with that education especially for Rose at the moment Ella is usually tied into lessons at a good hour and uh, uh, she's been doing some really good studying lately and I think that helps her because she's distracting herself she's immersing herself in something she can learn we had a lovely French lesson yesterday uh, for Rose the new teacher and she was fabulous and that you know I saw for the first time in a while actually a really big cheesy grin on Rose's face and she was very enthusiastic so she went off to do duolingo for a while and <laughs> and did French and Spanish and Japanese <laughs> so that was good and I'm walking up the road now with, with the dogs because we've just had a short walk this morning and that's all okay. It's just tubs of things, honey. And he's looking at these little uh, tubs on the side in the uh, in the field and it uh, it's just bothered her for a minute. I'm walking past the field um, where I think it was probably 2000, and, must have been 2000 and, 17 um, there's a sort of farmer's field that we are allowed to use um, when it snows and a couple of years ago I have a lovely memory in my head and I actually did it myself which was scary um, the kids around the, the village a few of our friends were all gathering together and the children were herring down this hill on trays and things, anything, sledges, anything they could get their hands on. And uh, we had Gus then, I think, and, and he was uh, he was pulling us down the hill and absolutely loving it. Um, it was so, so cold and bitter that year. Um, and it's probably this time of year. And, uh, you know, I think back to those times and it makes me happy and sad at the same time. Because obviously, you know, that laughter, that sheer, exciting, you know, gay abandon. <laughs> Just the laughter, I remember. And they were all whizzing down the hill. 
and I even tried it myself as I say and I remember screaming my head off and Ben just going oh mum for goodness sake you know he was so, he was so embarrassed <laughs> and uh, and the girls found it funny as well especially at their mother's expense and, and I remember I didn't stay too long because my hands were white they were so cold my circulation had just disappeared the instant I came out but the kids were so you know there was snow on the ground it was like you know only a few inches but it was enough uh, to have a really really fun morning and it all came in rosy and freezing cold you know really ruddy cheeks and, uh, and breathless and tired and giggling and it was oh it's just so lovely and then you you know fly back to today and the last sort of couple of years the last 18 months and I think to myself oh god what the hell happened well it's amazing the difference one day makes we had one heck of a storm last night it's Wednesday the 15th of January and I'm walking through the woods and I've already seen two trees down and obviously it looked to be an older tree the second one um, but it's always sad to see these beautiful iconic lungs for want of a better word because if you turn a tree upside down inevitably it looks like the inside of a lung and they give us oxygen and I hate to see them brought down. The wind has definitely uh, flown through and ravaged part of the woods here. Um, but it's not, it's just sort of still and bright and sunny and, uh, and fresh this morning. It's really quite beautiful. The sun is out. Yeah, it's, it's uh, stunning. And that's weird as well. Um, <laughs> I've just caught sight of something. It must be my eyes playing tricks on me. You know when the sun's really bright and you can't really see very much, but it honestly looked like um, I saw a figure of a of a, a young person just walking ahead with the dogs. Um, I'd like to think that's been... The last couple of days have been quite... I've just felt quite flat but I think I felt that we are on the we're sort of on the verge of change or on at the verge of at least looking out of our bubble of grief and that makes me sort of excited and nervous and sad and overwhelmed all at once um I don't think I want things to change. I want to make sure that whatever happens in the future that we carry our son with us and that he is part of our lives and he is involved in everything we do. He's certainly involved in everything that I do and there's not a minute of the day that goes by where I'm not conscious of him and not aware of him or not thinking about him even if it's just a fleeting brief moment in the back of my mind just you know what would you think of that or what oh he'd really like that or he'd really find that funny and that sort of echo of a giggle 
they just had this amazing laugh a bit like my nana actually my nana used to laugh and when she'd when she'd giggle and bearing in mind I lost her when I was 12 so it's a long time ago but I still have this lasting memory of her sort of leaning back in a chair and laughing and when she laughed she then went silent <laughs> and Ben used to do exactly the same thing and I kept thinking you know back to that and why does that feel such a fond memory and it feels a fond memory because it's him but also it reminds me very much of my nana and my childhood and and holidays with her and simpler times much simpler times um, nowadays you know life is just rushing and you know trying to get things done and I'm in that space of trying to work out you know is it really necessary do I have to do that now I don't want to be wandering around with all this sort of responsibility on my shoulders to feel I've got to get things done or got to be a certain way but there is an element of looking for simplicity and finding the calm um, in life in day-to-day life and uh and that really is where we're at I think just in that sense making making a change for us for Ben for the girls just in perhaps the way we approach things and the way we look at life now just wanting to really value what's important Uh, James and I had a brief conversation this morning about tackling things in the loft um and we've been in our house now for nearly four and a half years and that's going to be difficult. I think a lot a lot of stuff up there is from when the children were tiny and when, you know, we had that innocence of not knowing what we were going to be facing in years ahead and and how blissful being unaware is, you know. So I think you know, there will be an element of wanting to keep hold of things, certainly wanting to keep hold of things, you know, for the future, just in case we're blessed to be grandparents, I don't know, or maybe there'll come a time where we see fit to move things on to other young children in our lives that, you know, might really benefit, but I think that is a long way ahead. Um, I'm just kissing... Uh, kissing my hand and placing a kiss on the bench where I sit sometimes and look out over this ploughed field of lots of hungry bulls today because they're all motoring through the hay bales that the farmer has given out to them and it really is where the rain has been last night it's really really stodgy and uh, not somewhere that I want the dogs going uh, so I'm keeping a close eye on them as I walk round and making sure that they don't go prancing off into the abyss of mud and now I c- I'm coming on to uh, another topic and it might only be a brief little topic about looking after yourself um, certainly through the last few months I've gone from you know, not being able to eat anything at all 
to eating an awful lot of chocolate and comfort food and you know cake biscuits uh, not so much crisps but I've got a real sweet tooth and so anything that's sugary there's come a point in the day where I've just thought no I need to eat that and I might not eat very much else around that and that has proven to be extremely unhealthy so I've assigned well I've signed up for a course on Ayurveda and that is a different way of eating and a different way of looking after yourself and a different way of living I suppose ultimately I'm doing this because through everything the last thing I want is for myself to be poorly I can't do that to my children and I can't do it to myself there is a certain degree of self-preservation here and there's a certain degree of dignity and not wanting to let myself down or my husband or my children or my sister um, and wanting to be the best I can still be for my living children and for Benny. I don't think Ben would be very approving of me sort of letting myself go and becoming the wild woman of Borneo and not doing much to look after myself so I am obviously walking every day but I had had a dream about going to an ashram and that, that's something that I actually want to do at some point spiritually uh, wanting to connect and I feel very drawn to that sort of way of thinking and living um, I always have done um, but it's only been in my sort of 30s that I've really sort of stopped to recognise that there's more to life than just mundane day to day and the sort of consumerism and uh, just you know I don't know the the overwhelming aspect of, of everything needing to happen yesterday and in my 30s I just thought actually there's there's definitely more to to life than this I've always been sensitive I've always been quite a spiritual soul and and I really recognize that from a child but I've only been brave enough I suppose to uh, step forward into that in the last 15-20 years and I had a dream about going to an actual physical, you know, a dream, <laughs> a dream in my living life of one day going to an ashram and my sister went to India for an event one year and I just thought, oh my goodness, I'd, I'd love to go over there and just experience the, the diversity of life out there because you know that there is, uh, there are huge differences in the way people live um, everywhere in the world but maybe it's the media that really bring it to light when it comes to India and I, I had a dream not so long ago about a guide, a woman saying to me that one day I would be going to um, an ashram or would be going to India and I woke up from that dream and I thought you know I need to look into that a little bit more given the journey we find ourselves on I wanted to start to look after myself and I'd wobbled around a little bit and not been particularly kind to myself in the last 
couple of months and I thought actually that's not what Ben or Ella or Rose want or need uh, from their mum. I need to be paying attention to me to be strong enough uh, for myself and to be strong and healthy for them. So I signed up to this, uh, I think it's a six week course in Ayurveda. I actually found myself asking on Facebook about uh, anybody that had any stories or had had any experience going to an ashram and I had some lovely responses and I found that when I looked at some of these courses and these websites online I felt quite an emotional response to that and and I suppose that's what's led me to this particular course it just popped up one day and I thought do you know what I'm just going to have a look so it's a way of life as I say it's a it's a different way of of eating and it's you know based around healing properties of food and it's also based around uh, balancing the body mind body health it's definitely something I'm extremely interested in so once I've had an opportunity to go for those lessons or those classes for a week or two I will update you on those in the meantime with talk of nutrition it's very easy to lose yourself in grief in your thoughts it's very easy to lead yourself down a path of not being worthy not being enough not being uh, or feeling guilty I think guilty to be alive when your child has not had the opportunity to, uh, to perhaps even get to, through their childhood or maybe they passed away as a young adult but at the same time they're still your child and I'm sure you know as a mum I will always see my children as my children <laughs> I've got a funny feeling today actually as I look up and I talk about rainbows then it feels like Ben uh, plays with the weather <laughs> and I have asked him today for a rainbow so I'm looking at blue sky in front of me and uh, and I'm but I'm walking in rain <laughs> just very light rain and I'm looking behind me and I can see uh, the sun just trying to get through the clouds and I'm just I'm constantly looking back round to see if I can see any sign whatsoever of a rainbow and I love it some days where I I know there's going to be a rainbow and it might not be where I am but I will get a message from a friend or a family member with a photo of a rainbow wherever they are just to say oh by the way I've seen this and then I see that as a, a sign from my son that he's as well as can be expected he's doing his thing and he just wants to let me know that he is okay and and that he has perhaps heard me <laughs> somewhere I'm sure you know when uh, when I go um, when I'm older hopefully <laughs> quite a lot older <laughs> when I've seen my girls grow up and when I've done all I need to do here I'm sure that when I see my son again he will be able to explain fully how things go up there or wherever he is 
and and then I'll have a, I'll have the knowledge that I probably need for a really good podcast, but <laughs> I won't be able to do it then. <laughs> so nutrition, it's very easy to not be caring about yourself, but it's very important to put yourself first, as hard as it is, and to make sure that you are getting and I'm going to sound like a real mum here, that you're getting all the right vegetables and all the right fruits and getting a real balance of protein, um, you know, and uh, grain, etc. in your diet. Certainly when I go to the Ayurveda course, I'm sure that I will find out all sorts of things about whether or not to eat fish and what time to eat eat my food at I'm pretty sure that my body type and soul type is one of air <laughs> I'm an air sign and uh, and I'm definitely one that doesn't like to keep still and so I find that I am drawn to eating at all times of day of the day and that's not always a good thing so hopefully that will change too and uh, and I've also started on Veganuary and I don't recommend that everybody do it but I'm doing it for the planet but I'm also doing it for myself certainly for me I've always dipped into or been largely vegetarian or pescatarian for most of my life Um, I certainly don't eat beef and I haven't eaten beef since I was about 12 and that was largely down to my dad actually a conversation with my dad many years ago when he took us out and uh, and he'd been going vegetarian and he explained lots of things behind it and when I worked at a tv company when I was in my late teens and early 20s I saw all sorts of uh, all sorts of things that no nobody would want to see um, about how animals get treated and uh, and this is not uh, this is my own view so this is not something I am preaching to anybody um, but I decided at that point actually you know I did want to be vegetarian I have dipped in and out of eating meat over the years but I just decided you know what I'll just see how we go and actually what I'm finding when you do eat properly and you do have to be careful you have to you know you have to make sure you're getting all the right vitamins and minerals and everything and it does take a little bit of work and a bit of focus and a bit of research and a bit of creativity because you know it's very easy to dip into sort of just bland foods all the time and while it might seem a little bit nutritious it's a bit dull if truth be told so I I found that my energy actually even in grief is is definitely lifting you know Um, I seem to have more energy which is quite wonderful from day to day and and that in turn lifts my spirits just a little it doesn't always happen but on days that I can cope and days that I can manage it's a good thing and it's only you know I'm only two weeks in so I'm not I'm not very far into this whole uh, vegan journey but it wasn't too much of a alternative decision really it's just starting to really rain and I've stopped at the climbing tree where the children used to sit and this is a spot where there's a photo of Ben holding a stick 
years, well I say years ago, actually it wasn't that long ago, it would have been about three years ago, two or three years ago, and I'm just stood in the pathway, I've just taken a photograph of the sun and the rain, and I am still looking for this blessed rainbow. Benjamin, come on. I know you can do it, sunshine. Show me a rainbow so that I can tell everybody right here and right now there is a rainbow happening and that would be amazing. I am looking, honestly if you could see me I look like a slight loon and again this blue sky, I'm looking back behind me, this blue sky and I look in front of me and there's sunshine, there's grey cloud, there's rain and the cloud is kind of getting a bit purpley over one area and I'm willing it to be a rainbow. I think he's having a laugh actually. I don't know whether you ever have these experiences where you're looking for signs from your child that they're okay or that they're, you know, they're, they're thinking of you as much as you're thinking of them and you, you hope for these experiences. And they don't always come and I think, I think that says a lot for children. They're just having fun and uh, and they're just carefree. That's what I'd like to think anyway. I expect he's carefree up there and running around and completely blissfully unaware of his mother standing on the earth in the middle of the wood looking up at the sky and saying, come on. I'm still waiting. The sun is really beautiful actually. I love these days where there's so much, <laughs> there's so many different things going on. Um, if I could paint it, it would be a really beautiful picture. Now the, the rain has now stopped and the grey cloud is still here. The sun is still out and the blue sky is around. I think he's just having a big joke with me. Oh, come on, Ben. Oh, hang on. I'm still looking. Oh, it's so typical. I've just been stood here for about five minutes and then the, um, <laughs> I'm obsessed now, the cloud has just gone over the sun. So I've been stood like a lemon watching the blue sky and now it's gone. <laughs> It's gone quite swiftly back to grey and uh, I did take a photo of the sun coming through the cloud for a moment and what I've also realised here as I walk along is that the, my darling husband's walking boots that I am wearing because mine split many years ago and I didn't get the opportunity, well I haven't bothered to buy any new ones so I'm wearing thick socks in his uh, larger than my feet boots and um, and I've realised that there are definitely holes in them and uh, and the water is coming in so that's a delightful little part of this podcast I'm now walking around with wet feet wet hair and my glasses are covered in this sort of mist and I need windscreen wipers to be able to see I'm still looking out for this rainbow and I've got a feeling that once I go into the woods the sun's going to come out and the rainbow will be behind me and then I won't see it. <laughs> and that is typical. 
Well, I definitely feel that is my son's, yeah, here we go, sense of humour. Yeah, here comes the, sun, the sunshine as I step into the woods. It's it's quite amusing in some ways because I think back to when I <laughs> I would take photographs of Ben and he would he would always say to me, oh, please don't do that now. Oh, stop taking photos. And he wouldn't like it very like my sister there and uh and i do feel like he's saying i'll send you a rainbow mum but you're not going to take a photo you just you have to be in it and be in the moment and pay attention <laughs> and I'm, i am paying attention i'm looking all around me and i don't know whether you can hear on this recording that the rain is falling down at a reasonable pace and it's just it's just sort of tapping onto my the outside of my coat And the dogs are herring around like loons. And now here we go, the obligatory Gus making loads of noise around honey. Oh, here she goes now. She's just going to argue back. <laughs> I don't know whether you can hear in the background, but um, there we quite often have Chinooks. Um, flying overhead this is something else actually that's quite good to highlight and point out certainly when you lose a child the experience stays with you as any trauma does and I'm pretty sure and I'm not diagnosed with it but I'm pretty sure there's elements of PTSD here and there and one thing, I'm talking calmly at the moment because it's in the distance, but one thing that I can honestly say as I walk past these lovely bulls, don't you dare go after them. Off, off, there we go, off, 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 Gus, off, Gus, off, Gus, good boy. Um, I can hear, hello, I'm just saying hello to the bulls. Hello. I know, it's all right, Gus. Um... Oh, they're coming over to say hello. Can you hear that splashing? That's a bull walking towards me, coming up to the fence. Hello, beautiful. Hello. Oh, they're so gorgeous and they're so young. I know, Gus. Come on, then. So, going back to these, actually, it's gone now, so I can... Oh, I can talk... A bit more relaxed I was trying to distract myself then I find and I'm sure there are many people uh, going through this scenario that find certain things become triggers and I certainly um, elevates my heart rate when I hear a helicopter of any sort uh, Chinook it's that noise um, yeah it's coming back over it it conjures up all sorts of um, flashbacks, actually. And just talking about the helicopter, I I wasn't even aware that we had a helicopter with Ben until he had passed and the paramedics were leaving. And then I heard the helicopter start and take off and I was just in a state of shock, really. There's something that makes me feel really emotional and... Uh, and just and hearing that Chinook in the background 
uh, I don't have any ear defenders but god I wish I had some ear defenders um, uh, because all you want to do is tell it to go away and not to come because you don't want to be in that situation I just thought I'd mention that actually because I, I feel I'm just here wandering through the woods and I'm you know one minute you're you are giggling this is what it's like you're you're giggling and you're practical and you're uh, looking back on happier memories a happier time simpler times and then it just takes one split second and you are straight back in a room trying desperately to save a life that you know that you're not going to be able to and uh and sounds uh, like helicopters or that, that certainly for me is something that I can't um, I can't seem to get past at the minute uh, uh, they scare me <laughs> and I'm also in awe of them because I know that you know when you certainly when I was in Bristol I used to watch the um, the emergency team taking off and returning on the top of a building as part of the hospital and you could see it from the parent room and I was always in awe and I'd always blow a kiss because it's something about this journey you you never know who's on board and what they've been through but your heart just goes out to them and goes out to the team that are trying to do a job that is must be like a Herculean effort sometimes and they just do it as part and parcel of their day for people like us and uh, you sort of sit in gratitude and overwhelm when you think about the emergency services certainly uh, the teams that came to our house and there were about eight they came from three different counties in the end and it was, uh, oh, here it comes again, God. Sometimes I just, <laughs> I think it's just, it's almost telling me that it's okay to hear it. But it doesn't feel like it at the time. Um, and, oh, here comes the sun again. The sun's coming out. I'm looking up, Ben. I'm looking up. Wait there, honey. Oh, I have to say, I'm just walking the dogs back down a hill, coming out of the woods. Uh, the sun is now shining, and behind me, oh, the sky's almost going purple, purpley grey. I know there is a rainbow coming, and those trees are pretty much blocking it, <laughs> if it's there. And I really hope one of my friends is seeing the rainbow and I will get a message in a bit to say that it's appeared somewhere in their vision because it certainly hasn't appeared in mine, but I feel it. I feel it's like the energy is changing. I don't know whether any of you are sensitive souls. You just know when something's gonna happen. It's like when we took the Christmas boxes round and we took them to the hospitals and, oh, purple the sky is purple behind me and the sun is out come on 
I know you're up there, I know you're busy. And we had stopped to get a coffee and I remember saying to James, where is he? I wish he was here. And as we walked outside this huge, huge, bright, vibrant rainbow uh, just appeared in front of us and it stayed on the journey for several minutes and went into sort of double rainbow mode and I know that was Ben um, other people can you know you can you can sit there and say oh you know whatever <laughs> that is your decision but if it's something that makes you feel good and gives you clarity or comfort like it does me then that's it I'm happy with that and that was my sign from Benny and I'm still looking out for it now <laughs> oh come on there's a clear there's a clear bit you can pop it up there I know you can come on send me a rainbow son I know you can come on and then I can tell all our few listeners that you have sent a rainbow. That would be so cool. Oh, my feet are so soggy. It's not pleasant. And uh, that is a lesson to me to go out and buy some decent walking boots that, that mould around my feet and feel comfortable for one and actually fit. <laughs> and also that keep my feet dry oh, don't walk in boots that, are, that have got holes in if you can help it uh, it doesn't make for a comfortable stroll and it also doesn't allow you to really enjoy the walk because you're constantly thinking about your feet I'm now walking back up our road it's quite a narrow lane and there are houses more on my left than on my right but I'm still <laughs> looking up at the sky because somewhere somebody is seeing one heck of a rainbow and I know it so I'm going to come back to creativity as I'm walking along um, because I'm already thinking about creative projects I've managed to get a like a clamp thing for the table which will hold a mobile phone or a you know contraption to be able to video and uh, I'm hoping to do some painting probably it'll probably be early next week now um, and I want to see how that goes um, so I suppose what do you do to keep your mind busy my mind is super busy 97% of the time and I have about 3% where I actually uh, sit down and find some calm and actually I need to turn that around so that uh, I at least do a bit of 50-50 because <laughs> uh, it can be completely exhausting what do you do to um, keep that mind of yours focused um, in your grief if you've got any revelations comments are gratefully received or if you've got anything that you think would be good to try or that you find would be helpful for anybody else going through this scenario please don't be shy 
please send me a message on on Twitter or leave a comment on the um, on the Podbean uh, podcast site or you could also leave a comment on bensepicjourney.org and that would be good or my own website which is www.thegentlecreative.co.uk it would be most helpful I think I'm going to do some painting in the week I'm certainly finding that um, writing the book is proving to be extremely cathartic and also extremely difficult to put into words. I think it's because I want it to be something that is a good resource as much as it is about our experience and and about Ben's experience and how how you sort of manage to cope day to day. I feel like I'm I need a few more aspects to it to be complete and then um, I really hope I'll be on schedule to have it published by springtime. I say spring because I think it could be end of March, beginning of April, that sort of time, maybe Easter. I want to say at the end of this walk that I have come home and there is a rainbow over the top of our house, but I can't see one still. I can see sunshine and blue sky out the front and as I walk up the side of our house to the back I'm just having a look now and if that rainbow was here it's it's now gone and the wind is picking up and the clouds are whisking across so I will say thank you to Ben because I'm sure he was having quite a laugh just then. I miss him so, so much. So much. I'm looking out of the back garden now and imagining the time when it was just starting to snow and he wandered out into the back garden and spun around in his school uniform at the time, wandered up the steps and I kept telling them to be careful because it was slippery. They didn't care one jot, they were spinning around in the open air, in the fresh air, sticking out their tongues and trying to catch snowflakes. That would have been this time of year. And it's so mild at the moment, but it's something that conjures up a lovely memory. And it's difficult, isn't it, because you have these lovely memories and you have this moment of, oh, it's not actually happening, it's not, you know, it's not real. It hasn't really happened, has it? You know? And then I look up... I'm now at the front of the house and I look up to his bedroom window. Wishing he would lean out. And tell me some joke or throw a water bomb in my head. (laughs) Anything to let me know he's here. And, uh, And I'm just sad because... again and it's a few days later actually it's just over a week later and I'm still doing this podcast Um, 
I went to my Ayurvedic uh, course the other day and, um, and it was very interesting actually and we were just starting to learn about the doshas which there are three in each and every one of us and it's a way of balancing sort of almost like a personality I suppose it was very it was very interesting to find out that I am (laughs) mostly very creative (laughs) Uh, that doesn't surprise me in itself and actually my personality is you know nerves anxiety worry kindness (laughs) and quick thinking Uh, but sometimes quick-tempered, I guess, on occasion, but I think that's just more frustration sometimes not being able to get things done. But we discussed how there is a point in the body where the body is in full balance, in in Ayurvedic, uh, in the system of of belief and uh, tradition, and the body is in balance and I'm very much one for mind-body health and I want to look after myself (laughs) so I was listening to this and it was quite a hard listen in the first hour of this two-hour session workshop and it was basically saying that in Ayurvedic uh, tradition the it's not just tradition it's the way the body works so how the body works is once the body is in full balance there is no need according to Ayurveda for disease to or dis-ease in the body to exist or to continue so Ayurvedic medicine is used fundamentally to either Uh, aid the body into recovery or used as a preventative measure so that you don't fall ill and this is incredibly complex because obviously we have natural medicine we have herbal medicine we have uh, medicine uh, used in nature going back thousands and thousands of years and we also have the medical profession where you know medical uh, knowledge has come on in leaps and bounds and just in the last week I've seen that uh, an immunotherapy way of doing things which is what we were looking at for Ben with regard to a possible second stem cell transplant we were looking at that uh, as a possibility to get through his relapse sadly that didn't come to pass but we see in the last or we've seen in the last week uh, news that the medical profession are finding or medical research is finding that there may be options to treat every single cancer apparently and while that is absolutely incredible and amazing I think for people in our situation who have gone through bereavement it's (laughs) it didn't come soon enough and uh, 
but I hope that this means that potentially in years to come cancer can be a thing of the past and no longer exist uh, because it just shouldn't I wish it didn't so I went to this course and the first hour was spent talking about the, the possibilities of getting the body back into balance and once the body is in balance then the good work can be begin to keep your body in balance and thus uh, hopefully you know turn any illness around and this isn't just cancer this is every illness any illness that comes into the body I am quite a firm believer of the fact that if you come into this world with nothing uh, no imbalance in the body then there's no reason why you can't reverse an imbalance that you get through life but I don't know that for certain and clearly in Ben's situation it was something that uh, couldn't be overcome so I've got a very open mind with all of this and uh, but I think it's worth pursuing and even if Ayurveda uh, teaches me to look after myself and to think about nutrition and the way I am and uh, how I'm doing on any given day and the sorts of food that I need to keep me in balance then uh, that's got to be a good thing so I did that and now I'm walking in the rain <laughs> with the dogs on a very dull, very wet, very grey day I had been thinking today about going to the French property exhibition just because that's where my mind is at the moment, all over the place and some would say it's way too early to think about moving or changing my life and changing our lives but it doesn't stop the Gemini in mind from bouncing from one thing to the other on any given day at any given time <laughs> and yes that's the dogs in the background doing their usual splurge of excitement and shouting in the woods I think the, the thing that tends to crop up quite a lot at the moment with me and the girls with me James and the girls all together is the fact that we are all looking out for each other and I do find that you know having gone on this course it's made me really think about what we're eating and the balance of goodness that we're putting in or not putting in as the case may be at the moment having had uh, far too many dominoes that's the rest of the family I've been on this veganuary situation and actually I've really enjoyed it it's really helped me to just enjoy feeling a bit lighter I don't eat I don't tend to eat I certainly don't eat red meat I haven't done for many many years but it does make you think about the protein that you need to take I do take a boatload of vitamins every day I try to make sure my iron is topped up because that is notoriously low and is something that runs in our family anyway through generations certainly my side of the family and uh that's definitely one thing to watch and I'm walking out in the woods today thinking lots about food, nutrition, balance, balance in the body, meditation and how I'm not doing enough. <laughs> um, the book is coming along and it's about Ben's story, it's about our family's journey through 
childhood cancer. It gives a little bit of insight into what it's like to go through this situation. And obviously every situation is unique, so it's not a manual at all. It's a memoir. It's something that I wanted to write for myself as a as a as something to look back on so that I don't forget which you know I won't forget but there's you know as you age I think sometimes your memories become fuzzier and I don't want to forget I also want to write it for the girls because when they're old enough I want them to know all that mummy and daddy did for their brother and for them I want them to have a bit of a legacy from me and from their brother to look back on and for them to read about in years to come and it might not be I mean it's a it's a hell of a read at the moment um, it's a it's a very hard read and I've certainly found when I've been you know editing it so far it's been um, extremely difficult to get through but I'm trying to be have my practical writer's head on and just sort of get through the words without sinking into floods of tears every five minutes. I've also tried to think about the practicalities of what to expect when you're in hospital because there are some standard things to sort of generally expect uh, particularly when it comes to cancer the sort of uh, things that you might be asked to do um, and and what's expected of you as a parent and and uh, and what, what can be expected perhaps as a parent looking at a child going through this scenario and how best to support your child and how best to support each other and you know there are some single parents out there as well that need the support and you know friends family and the families certainly on the families on the wards are incredible support um, we have certainly been incredibly lucky and blessed to have met the people we have on this journey despite it being under the most horrendous of circumstances I wouldn't wish this journey on anybody it's uh, it's it's difficult and uh, I want to write it because I made a promise to Ben and I will always stand by that promise. I don't ever want to let him down. So it's important to me to write it and finish it. And it's not... Um, it's just the first chapter because the story won't ever finish oh, crikey this is hard to say it's so hard to talk about because uh, death always feels very bloody final it, it sort of doesn't have to be Maybe it's it's part of life and it's part of the <laughs> the circle of life that makes me think of a time when um, <laughs> but 
Ben and I were watching Modern Family and if you ever watch Modern Family and I do recommend it if you've got a really quirky sense of humour it's fantastic, it got us through an awful lot of drama and upset and worry and there is a particular episode of this I'll just say a couple who are uh, adopting a baby and, uh, and there is a scene <laughs> where one of the parents flings around, sort of turns around and raises this child up to the music of <laughs> Circle of Life from The Lion King. It's very, very silly and it's very, very funny, but, you know, death is the, you know, part of the, <laughs> the circle of life. And from that that point of view, it's, it's something that's actually quite bizarrely comforting because I know how funny Ben found that whole, <laughs> that whole scene. And I recommend you go and find it on YouTube now and go and have a look. <laughs> because it's very, very silly. What else has been happening? I've put together some affirmation cards, uh, gentle affirmations, for people like us going through this scenario. Because I actually felt it would, it would help me, let alone anybody else. But I've put them together and uh, I'm going to get some uh, printed which may or may not help, I don't know, um, but it's a way of me being creative through my own grieving and, um, and hopefully helping others. We'll see how we go there as well. So as I'm walking around the woods in the rain, I'm actually warm today, which is a first while I'm walking. Um, it's been quite bitterly cold, but not sort of, I mean it's been cold enough for frost but we haven't had any snow again I can't help but feel this is a little bit attributed to uh, climate change and uh, the colours the colours as I look around at the moment are very brown, we've got some very brown leaves but we've got little dots of green little sprigs of moss it's quite beautiful actually where the moss is um, decorating the bottom of the trees and then sometimes halfway up the trees we've got this sort of uh, fungi that tends to grow and I've been watching some sort of tree documentary I think it was the one with Judy Dench a while back about how that helps the trees and how trees form a network anyway of roots and connections under the earth and they speak to each other and I think that is quite beautiful and it makes me feel uh, very tuned into the trees when I'm walking. I love the feeling of community, I love the feeling of groups of people pulling together and helping each other. I think it is something that is crucial in so many aspects of our lives. Okay, we could talk about whether it's illness or loneliness, you know, the elderly, the homeless. There's so many uh, people in our communities that do need someone to talk to and someone to be around. I'm thinking about uh, running a course for affirmation cards, actually, and... And that could be anything, um, but again, it's my creative approach 
and uh, wanting to inspire others. I might also do a vision board workshop um, for uh, people that need it. Um, so while I'm talking about creativity, I, I hope as I'm bringing this podcast to a close, I hope somewhere these podcasts are I'm not expecting them to be healing, but I'm I'm hoping that they are letting you know that there is somebody else who is still standing. <laughs> and I think about Ben's tune that he had for his ringing the bell. I'm still standing by Elton John, and it's actually a very suitable tune that gives me a little bit of gumption when I hear it. I think about my boy. I think about his spirit and his absolute determination to ring that bell to get to that stage and his full understanding of what was to come actually in the end. I think he he got it in the end. Um, he understood so much more than uh, than perhaps even we did. But I hope these podcasts allow you to know that there are others that are going through it. There is a community. I want to build that community. You know, we know too many bereaved parents, but actually, you know, if we're in it, then I would rather be the person reaching out to support others and to be helping others uh, than to be you know, always closing my door and it's very easy to to isolate yourselves in these situations because it's so difficult to talk about and people are very quick to give support well what they think are supportive comments and yet they might not be and I've heard several times on Facebook lately where I've sort of almost decided actually what's you know it's not what's the point in saying how you feel you know because I'm trying to build this community I want I want this community to to have a, a network of support but actually some days you think well actually maybe I just speak to not my family and friends on Facebook because not everybody fully understands what you're going through obviously and it's so difficult to to get those emotions across you know thankfully there are millions of people who have not and will never go through this uh, sort of experience but there are some that will and it's you know some days I really want to scream uh, but I I don't <laughs> yet <laughs> I haven't got to that stage yet um, I find the first thing I tend to want to do is be creative so I sort of throw myself into creativity and and so by being creative I feel I am able to nurture something and that could be planting some seeds planting some flowers it could be doing some cutting back actually in the garden especially at this time of the year knowing that in the spring the new flowers will come up and the landscape will look a bit different 
I've just got some new acrylic paints so I'm going to have a go with those I'm going to be doing my grief affirmations and putting those cards out and so I hope you might feel inspired to either do some writing maybe do some painting yourself do some sketching do some photography get into your garden and uh, create something maybe you might be looking at a place in your garden to put something in memory of your loved one you know we thought about uh, we were thinking about a bench for my dad and for james's nan but maybe we'll, we'll put a bench out for benny as well um you know we were going to plant a tree for ben actually at the front of our garden uh, and that will hopefully happen in the springtime so you might want to do something special like that you might just find something you know do something with your hands where you can be occupied and you can be focused on making a, a pottery bowl or something you know uh, and painting it you know landscaping your garden whatever it is try and make it something creative we're all born creative we all have that creative innate feeling inside and if you can do something creative I really hope it will help in some way to allow you to put something positive together through going through something incredibly difficult so as the wind's picking up now <laughs> I'm going to send all my love to you all know that you're not alone we all walk together if you want to get in touch over fundraising or you want to get in touch over an idea you have or over wanting to chat to me about any particular topic if you've got any ideas you want me to cover or look into please please do get in touch and I hope you all have a peaceful day or a peaceful evening and I hope love and light comes into your life much love thank you for listening